Hello and welcome to the very first episode of B-School Radio on the Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm podcast. This is Lee, your host. I am so glad you have decided to join. If you're a brand new listener, welcome. There's things I should probably tell you about this podcast. First, my name is Lee and I have been keeping bees since about 2010. I absolutely love bees. I love working the bees. I love thinking about bees and reading about bees and talking about bees. And that's why I had to start a podcast. I've been delighted by the listeners who have joined me along the way. And if any of you regular listeners are on here, I appreciate you tuning back in for some beekeeper basics. There's a few things you should know about this podcast before you start on Bee School Radio. And that is it is very low budget, low tech, uh, no frills. It's a lot of raw talk about the hands-on keeping of bees. I do occasional interviews, thanks to the Patreons who have provided me with a recorder, and I really love talking to other beekeepers, but I think what sets this podcast apart is that it's a lot about the doing of it, the doing of the beekeeping and the hands-on part. So the reason I wanted to do a B-School radio, first of all, I'm not the least bit of a YouTuber, (laughs) So it's all audio for me. Um, And on that note, you should know I do not think this is going to stand in. In fact, I can guarantee you this is not going to be a substitute for a good in-person, live, local bee class. I really encourage you to take that. But I wanted to do this as a supplement because I don't know what kind of learner you are, but I am kind of a, um, a learner who I need to know the big picture before I can take in the little details. And my experience with B-School was it was a just a giant pile of little details. And there were things that did not come into focus for me until a year or two. Now, I got very, very lucky. I had excellent mentors, another thing I would recommend. Um, I had excellent mentors, but the funny thing about my mentors is they weren't available to come to my yard. I had mostly, um, mostly phone mentors. But I did a lot of visiting in people's bee yards, so I got to see a lot of experienced beekeepers handling their bees and working the hives. I have to say, just straight up, there is no substitute for that. I know it's a pain in the butt to track somebody down and to harangue them until they'll let you come over and then to meet up with them, etc., etc. Maybe you don't like them that much. <laughs> I hope you do. Um, maybe you don't agree with their beekeeping methods or their politics or they're a long way from your house and all those excuses. But honestly, if you find a mentor who's been doing it a few years, you don't have to agree with everything they do, but watching them work the bees will catapult you in your skills like, you know, it's like dog years. Uh, YouTube videos and figuring out on your own, yes, I guess you could do it that way. But if you will go and spend time with experienced beekeepers, you will jump forward in dog years in your skills. So before I get too much further in, I want to share a little test with you so that you can know if you're destined to be a good beekeeper. I'll ask you a few questions and your answers to these questions will pretty much tell you if you're destined to be a good beekeeper. Are you willing to decide to be a good beekeeper and put the effort, thought, and determination in over years to be a good beekeeper? Are you willing to study and learn and learn again and figure out and ask and go find out? Are you willing to let go of your cherished notions 
<laughs> in creative writing, we call this killing the darlings. Are you willing to kill your darlings about how you think beekeeping is supposed to go? How you think it's going to work for you? Are you willing to let all that go? Are you willing to stick with it? Even when it's hot, even when it's heavy, even, and I don't mean the, any of those in the fun ways, <laughs> even when you don't understand something, even when you're frustrated, even when you have losses, are you willing to come back, dig in, learn more, do it again? If you can do all these things, and it doesn't matter if you can do them well, if you're just willing to stick with it, to stick with it over years, I'm not talking about one season, but over years, over good years, where you feel like a million bucks, feel like you got it down pat, over bad years where you lose bees in winter and you just stand out there and you cry, either out loud or inside, whatever, whichever way you roll. If you're willing to do all that, then it doesn't matter how talented you are, how good looking you are, how rich or poor you are. What matters is that you are determined. Let me go back to the rich or poor because I'm not going to kid you. Beekeeping can be an expensive hobby. It can be. Um, it's much easier if you've got the money to just buy what you need. But if you've got the determination, you can actually get what you need. Um, I'm not talking about theft. <laughs> I am talking about you can get what you need dirt cheap. Now, the, the catch to that is you have to be willing to put in the time and the effort. For example, if you have the cash, you can just buy a hive. If you don't have the cash to buy a hive, then what you need to do is find a beekeeper friend and work with them. See if they have any spare equipment that they would loan you until you can sell enough honey to pay them back. See if you can find a beekeeper friend and commit to doing some work exchange to get your bees. And in the meantime, you can look up some of the videos of how to make Sam Comfort hives and or a top bar hive, um, and you can figure it out. Now, don't kid yourself that that's the easiest way um, because it is difficult to use any type of non-standard equipment when you're brand new. Now, 10 years in, I feel like I am ready to try some non-standard equipment. And um, <laughs> in fact, I'm going to, well, anyway, I won't get into that. But um, so you... You can do it one way or the other, but you're either going to need some money and determination or you're going to need a whole bunch of determination. But there's there's no stopping you if you're determined. So I just want to put that out there. The only reason that people quit beekeeping is that they quit beekeeping. It's not because of the weather. It's not because, because of the losses. It's not because of the heartbreak. It's not because of the expense. It's because they quit beekeeping. So the money part is somewhat negotiable. And I want to go back for just a second. This is just how I do this. You'll get used to me jumping around <laughs> over time. Um, I want to go back to the part about non-standard equipment being difficult. Um, it's, not the, it's not that it's any harder. The hard part is that there's not as many people around who know how to use it, which can make it harder because you do have to figure things out. There's a whole world of very basic beekeeping. The catch-22 is you can only learn those. Um, it's kind of like the, it's the whole riding a bike thing. You know, you can only get your balance down once you're moving, but you can only be moving once you get your balance down enough to stay upright. <laughs> and there's remarkable similarities with beekeeping. Um, at first, you are having to do 
you are having to work with all these moving parts that you don't really understand and your skills are really kind of clumsy and it's just going to be hard. I can honestly say that my entire internal dialogue, the first couple years I kept bees, every time I go in the hive was pretty much, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) Because, you know, there is so much going on. There are so many moving parts to a hive. And that's just the parts. Because the part of this all that I feel like is is absolutely non-negotiable is always keeping the bees in mind. And I know that sounds stupid, but hear me out here. So many times when you go to a bee class, they start talking about all the parts. There's the hive. There's the parts of the hive. All those have names. You need to know all those. All the parts of the bees have names. All the different kinds of bees have names. The different um, types of brood, the baby bees, they all have names. You need to know all the vocabulary. You need to know all the parts. Now, remember, with each of those parts, and by that I mean like the type of hive, the type of hive lid, the type of inner cover, the type of bottom board, for each of those um, objects, for each, you know, there are 10 different kinds of bottom boards. There's 10 different kinds of inner covers. They're designed to do slightly different things. But what's important to know about all those parts is what they're attempting to do. Um, For example, a bottom board, you know, that's attempting to give the hive some type of base. Um, An inner cover, that's attempting to create some type of barrier between the very hot or very cold um, outer cover, a telescoping cover. I'm not going to get into all that right now. Believe me, in B-School, you'll hit all that. But understanding what the thing is meant to do rather than fixating on, okay, this is the best kind of inner cover or this is the best kind of uh, bottom board. You know, every there for every different style of tool, of object, of hive, there are thousands of people doing it different and doing it well. There is no best kind of anything. There's no best bee. There's no best hive. There's no best hive material. Um, and so be easy with yourself on all that. Um, again, it is the function of those pieces. That's the important part. What does this thing do? You know, what's it for? What's it trying to achieve? As you learn the parts of the hive and the tools and all that, that's the thing to keep in mind. What is this thing supposed to do? For example, a smoker. This is a some for some people a controversial piece of equipment because they feel like, oh, you know, if I just blast my bees with all this hot smoke, surely that's not good for them. And that would be true. You don't want to do that. But if you're using a smoker correctly, you're not blasting them. It's definitely not hot smoke. And you're using it to protect the bees and protect the beekeeper um, by keeping the bees calm. So you'll hear these myths like, oh, when bees smell smoke, they think the hive is on fire. So they start, you know, trying to get out, get honey and get out. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Um, That's not what it looks like. If you use smoke correctly, all it does is cover up the pheromones, the odors that they put out to communicate alarm. Once that's covered up, they kind of can't, they can't get with each other and blow the thing out of proportion. You know, when 10 people get together and talk about a thing, it's a bigger deal than if you can't talk to your friend about some drama at the office, right? So it's the same thing. The the cool smoke just applied in the air around the bees 
works to keep them from communicating alarm to each other. So by understanding what is this thing, what is it for, the smoker, it helps you understand better how to use it. It also helps you not fall into the myths and traps around beekeeping because there are so many myths about why we do things in in beekeeping. No matter who is teaching you, even if they're the best beekeeper in the world, when they tell you this is why XYZ happens, you know, file it, study on it, read on it, but don't take it as gospel (laughs) until you have seen it with your own eyes and understand it and have researched it enough to know, okay, I can rely on this. I know I'm making beekeeping sound hard. Beekeeping is hard. Don't kid yourself on that one either. It is hard. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Now let me back up. It does seem like everybody is doing it. It's a very popular hobby. But as I mentioned in last week's podcast, which was the last one for 2019, um, I read an article by Tina Sebastian and where she mentioned that basically 80% of the people who start beekeeping, so when you're sitting in bee school, and this is really sad, this was kind of like nursing school, <laughs> I'm, I'm a nurse by training, you look around that class and there's only 20% of you that are going to be left probably in a year. And I found that really sad. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this bee school. Again, the only thing that makes beekeepers quit is beekeepers quitting. If you're determined, if you have the gumption, the gall, the grit to keep on with it, um, you will eventually be a successful, good beekeeper. So I hope that will give you an idea of where we're going to go with this bee school. Again, as a supplement to your real B-School where you're learning all the facts and figures, please do dedicate your head. But I hope to be here to encourage you to bear down, buck up, farmer up, (laughs) all those things. Mama never promised you a rose garden to make it work because I believe in you. I'm cheering you on. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast with you who are in the same boat, who have uh, made it through the tough times. And... You're just getting started on the tough times, so it's all good practice. All right, I hope you will join me soon. Don't be daunted. Hang in there and uh, jump into your bee school with both feet. If you hear some noise in the background, that's Markle the Dachshund chewing on his chew bone, and he helps out with the podcast. I look forward to getting to know you better here. All right, see you in a few days. Bye-bye.